Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine. And we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after, <laughs> forever and ever. No. No. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story, and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Hello, beautiful. Have I got something special in store for you today? Uh, I'm really, really excited and honored to have this conversation with a dear friend, soul sister, who's been in my life for a long time. How long have you been in my life? I think we said maybe 10, 10 maybe years. 10 plus. Year. Yeah. 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 And I mean, you, we've seen each other through many transformations and many new beginnings, iterations, iter iterations of self and of <laughs> life. And so I'm really excited to share this beautiful soul with you, Yvette Tarrant. Today, we're going to be talking about loving again after loss. Catherine is not with us today, unfortunately, with the time change and babies and everything. She couldn't join us, but um, cause Yvette is in Brisbane. Aust no, you're in Sydney, Australia right now. Yeah. Sydney, but you live in both Sydney and Brisbane. I do. I do go between. Yeah. Between the yes. two, but at the moment, Sydney. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So she's in Sydney, Australia. And so finding a time between Sydney, Australia and Greece and, um, Charlotte, North Carolina was a bit challenging. So we decided to just do the two of us today. But this episode is really relevant to Catherine too. So it felt re really near and dear to her heart as well as she just lost her mother-in-law um, two months mm -hmm. after having her first child with her husband. So it's been an incredibly um, intense year for for them in their lives and all these beautiful changes, new life and and the loss of someone so significant in their lives. That when we had the conversation of you and of you and I doing this episode, she felt really um, supportive and really uh, keen on us having this conversation. And I feel excited. I've lost a lot of people in my life too. I've been through a lot of loss of friends, of family, friends, of relatives, and for me, it's, there's a part of me that's in denial, you know, still, mm -hmm. and, and still feels a lot of fear of losing people. I love because I love people so deeply in my life. Mm -hmm. um, yet I think it's a, an important conversation that needs to be had. And, you know, you're, you're going to share as much of your story before and after your life, your love, your, your family, um, that you, you feel compelled to share today. But loving again after loss, I, I'll never forget a moment that we had. So Yvette um, was, she was actually a client of the company I used to work for when I was a business mm -hmm. coach. And we became dear friends back then. And then we worked together and she came with me on one of the earlier immersions back when I used to do the immersion in Mykonos of all, of all islands to do that <laughs> work. It's kind of a funny funny place that we ended up. Um, but I'll never forget a moment where you said to me, I, you had just lost your husband. I think you lost him eight months before you came to the immersion. It was actually, it was in between that 10 and 11 months that I actually came to the, yes. to the immersion. Yeah. So it was still yeah. quite, it was still, it was still raw. It was still very raw, yeah. very raw. And mm. I remember you looking at me and saying like, look, I'm never going to open my heart to love again. And I remember like really feeling your conviction in that statement and feeling your pain. And of course, that was your perspective in that moment. And I know mm -hmm. so many women, you know, this episode, whether you've lost your spouse, your romantic partner, your mother, your brother, like anyone in your life loving again. And I'm really like trusting life and opening our hearts again mm -hmm. after death, after losing someone we love especially because of our society, a society is not set up to teach us to how to normalize death and that it's mm -hmm. such a natural part of our human experience. 
it can be so hard to open your heart again. So I remember that moment and I remember feeling like, yeah, of course you feel that way right now. And I knew you, one day you would you would deeply love again. And so I'm super excited just, and that you would live again. I think most importantly mm. that you live again, that you live life with an open heart. So yeah, why don't you tell us a story? Take us back to the beginning. And, you know, when I met you, you told me so much about, Luke mm -hmm. and about your family and the girls and yeah, take us on a journey. Yeah. Because when we first met, my husband was, he was fine. This was oh. probably three years, it was probably three years before he was diagnosed actually. So I think it was about 2012 uh, that we first met and then he was diagnosed in 2015. And it was really beautiful actually that, that you knew me before. And yes. then I was able to have those conversations uh, with you through that time and also after he passed away. But we had, you know, we had been together for 24 years when he passed away, so all of my adult life. And so I I just, I didn't know who I was anymore. I didn't know, I didn't know my life anymore. I didn't know how I fit into my life anymore. And when we had those, um, actually when we spoke a couple of weeks ago and and you reminded me of the conversations we had after he had died. I don't even remember some of those conversations because I was so in that. But I do clearly remember saying to you, there is, I am single. Like I am me, just me for the rest of my life. I am never going to be with another man. I'm never even going to take my rings off. Like it was, I was very clear on that. But of, you know, you did suggest that maybe one day, <laughs> one day I may, <laughs> but it was, uh, it was, it was a, I could never have imagined that that was the trajectory that my life would, would take. And it was, it was incredible. We had 19 months from when he was diagnosed to when he passed away. And so he was only, he was 44 when he passed away. His name was Luke, as you know. Um, 44 is so young. I'm 42. Mm -hmm. Like that is, yeah. I, mean, I forgot that that he was that young. And I he remember when young. I met you um, and maybe tell us a little bit about your relationship first, because I remember when I met you, how much you talked about your husband and your mm. kids. And I mean, mm. this man, a beautiful, very handsome, fun, loving guy. You always talked about how much your family meant to you. And, mm -hmm. um, and you had been together since college. And of course, I'm imagining planned, you know, a big future together. So tell us about your life before the diagnosis, before he got cancer. So for those who don't know, <laughs> he got cancer yeah. and that's yeah. how, he, how he passed. But yeah, tell us what your life was like before. Yeah, so we were, we had actually met when uh, we were 15, actually. He's, his family moved to, yeah, to where, to where I was living, Tasmania, if you know, Australia. Um, and so we had known each other for, you know, that period of time and, we had got together when I was 19 and so we had living in a country town and we just had this fun this fun life of hanging out and friends and as you do growing up and then got married and, and then we we'd moved around you know with his work and and raised our two girls and for me I I didn't have uh, a necessarily uh, close connected family growing up so family I was very intentional about creating this beautiful a different experience for myself having my own family and so yes. that was one of the hardest things actually when he did pass away is like ah, what mm -hmm. happened like how where, where did I go wrong <laughs> how did how did this end up being my life when I was so intentional about what the life that I was going to create and what our future was going to look like and and so we had uh, our two girls they were both 12 and 16 when he passed away and so it was incredibly difficult to yeah. to navigate that space and Luke was very he was like family was everything for him. He worked for family. He lived for family. And that was even in his own family, it was it was very a very important aspect of his life for him. And one of the most difficult things for him to come to terms with was that he wasn't going to be there as a dad, you know, for our girls, um, you know, obviously from when he, when he was diagnosed, 
of course, with any diagnosis, you don't quite know how, what the outcome is going to be, but there's all, there becomes that very realness of, okay, mm. the worst case scenario, what is that going to look like? And so that was one of the most difficult things to come to terms with that possibility. And then it became inevitable that that was going to be uh, the outcome that he was going to die. And so it completely dismantled, disintegrated life as we knew it. And not just life in the moment, but the future, like the, the future that we had planned and had expected and that was gone and there was no, there was no, at that point I had no, I really had no idea how I was going to move forward and, and create a, a new life beyond what I had known. Yes. Yeah. I think this is such an important piece because the new truth podcast is all about dismantling fantasy mm -hmm. that women have when it comes to love and dating and relationships and getting so swept by the idea of the future and missing out on the experience and the moment and the trusting of the divine orchestration of life. Mm -hmm. And that it's out of our control. And yet we've mm -hmm. been like really deeply programmed to believe that life is in our control. And meanwhile, people are suffering astronomically because they're trying to control things that are so out of our control. And this is one of them, like how mm -hmm. people even have a fantasy that, you know, especially when you get married, that you're just mm -hmm. going to grow old together. Mm -hmm. And then that's like guaranteed. And mm -hmm. when that doesn't happen, and I'd love to hear about your experience with this. I know we touched on it before we hit record, but like the, this idea that like, oh, it's a, I signed a contract. So it's just a done deal. And, and, mm -hmm. you know, on one hand it, that creates, can create a lot of passivity in a relationship and a lot of, um, mm -hmm. uh, um, what's the word, um, complacency, complacency, yeah. there's no efforting, yeah. there's no, mm -hmm. um, no intentionality because it's like, oh, now we've signed the contract. So we're going to be together forever. And, mm -hmm. um, and then bam, life happens and it redirects you. And there's no, like that, that's, that's the thing. Like there is a big, there's something way bigger happening here on planet earth and how our story is going to unfold. We don't actually know. And that's, that's the beauty of it. And there's many chapters to our stories and everyone's story is meant to be different, but most people are like holding on to the script of what it's supposed to look like, which I imagine you firsthand experienced mm -hmm. the suffering that comes with the attachment to how it's supposed to be. Oh, oh my gosh. That for me was one of the first biggest ahas I had in terms of my own healing and my own path moving forward and that was when I realized that in this having this ideal of, of and planning of what the future was going to be like it then became an expectation and so then when it didn't happen it, it was that sense of oh it's been taken away but it was never actually ours to start with and yeah. it's like, oh, and while I'm living in this narrative of, oh, this is not how my life was supposed to be, yes, I'm a, creating my own suffering because I have no power or capacity to change what is. And I'm also missing being in the moment of the now, like living yeah. in this moment, which again is, is the only thing we, we can be completely certain of. And I was also forgoing and, and forgetting the, the 24 years that we'd had beforehand and mm. the, the the depth of the gratitude and, and the beauty of what that was to be able to have experienced that in, in my life and all the lessons and learnings that, that came with that. And so when I really got that, like, wow, I'm actually creating my own suffering here by hanging on to this ideal and this narrative that this is not how my life is supposed to be and being able to actually release that and let it go. I got to be present with what is and and really understand that, that the most sacred thing is what is right now. That's yes. it because yes. that, that is all that we have. And the very essence of life is uncertainty and our capacity to be able to be, able to be with uncertainty really does dictate our level of peace and acceptance and surrender that we can actually then live from and, and create from in our own life. 
Totally. And surrendering and trusting the, the orchestration of life and that it's, there's a higher intelligence that's way beyond mm-hmm. what our mind can conjure. And there mm-hmm. are so many things we're meant to experience beyond what our mind can conjure and like learning how to trust and surrender to that, mm-hmm. in that greater intelligence is it, it, it's the, I mean, it's, it's spirituality one-on-one. It's like one of the most important practices in the world. And like, these are the life experiences that, that lead us to that place of realizing, like sometimes it has to all be stripped away in order for us to, to really feel like, Oh, okay. I surrender there. There is nothing I can do. It doesn't mean I give up. Mm -hmm. It just Mm -hmm. means I trust what's happening. Yeah. And I think for me, going, going through what we did with, with Luke, I mean, to be diagnosed with the the cancer in the first place, I I remember clearly sitting in the doctor's office and, and hearing the word cancer. And just in that moment, knowing that I had completely taken my whole life beforehand for granted. Wow. not intentionally, but because it never occurred to me that it would ever be any different. Right. Oh, wow. Which, which was, which, so the whole, the grieving process in mm. happened, start, started right there in, in that moment. And, and what I have come to learn is that I, I, I don't believe that, that grief is without purpose and wisdom. I don't believe we go through the most difficult of circumstances just because, there is so much inherent wisdom in all the things we go to that enable us to be able to peel back the layers and and really to, um, you know, if we allow it, grief can be this portal and this invitation to awaken and guide us deep into the truth of who we really are mm. and profoundly transform us in ways that only grief can. Mm. It, just, it, strip, it strips back all of the things that, are, are not us it's, it's like it's like it burns all of the stuff that isn't us so that we can rise from the ashes and be more in line with our own truth and our own essence like a forest fire i'm just picturing yeah. a forest yes. fire yeah. everything away the yeah. old growth so the new growth can be reborn Re- Re- yes Re- renewal and wow. rebirth wow wow yeah. and 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 um i'm i'm so glad you said that part about grief because Often people think when they're surrendering to trusting life that it means negating our feelings. <laughs> oh, I would say that from what I have observed, like this spiritual bypassing that that has crept into our narrative mm-hmm. is 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 so vast and it's so harmful because this idea that this thing has happened. Oh, but look for the gifts. Oh, what are the lessons? Oh, it's happened for a reason. Maybe that is true. However, later, cannot... later. Yes. <laughs> like they, th- those <gasps> concepts don't even exist when we are in like the, yes. we're in the chaos of our own grief and our own experience. Those concepts don't even exist. So we need to walk through the fire and it's only upon reflection when we've got through to the other side. Sometimes we not even get to the other side. If we are open to it and choose to look for the lessons and yes. the wisdom, then it can uh, transform us in whatever ways that we choose for it to. Uh, but it, that's later. As you said, we've got to get there. And that is the work. I mean, because it's it's not easy. It is not easy getting to the other side. Mm -mm. But when you're willing to just face it and feel it fully and be with it and Mm -hmm. give yourself what you need and love yourself through it and learning Mm -hmm. how to actually ride the waves of the grief and honor it fully, like that's how you get to the other side is like meeting yourself in it as opposed to. Yes. But I think why people say things like that is because of the dysfunctional views on mm-hmm. death and the avoidance of it really altogether. The Western world, like yes. just look the other way. We're all going to live forever. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to die. Death isn't real. And like we do with many things. And so yes. in the avoidance of the conversations of the of how normal it is, I think that people are so uncomfortable with it. They're uncomfortable with their yeah. feelings. So they don't know what to say. 
no. And I think we live in a culture, in our Western culture, that is so grief and death adverse. Yes. That we, that we literally bury our heads in the sand and we're doing ourselves such a disservice because grief and death, I mean, sorry, not grief and death, life and death, they're on the same spectrum. Like we cannot have one without the other. And mm-hmm. and I would offer that that when we can be really present and real with the rawness and the reality of death and the fact that it can actually come into our life at any point in time, it teaches us how to live a more fuller, more expansive, a more present and joyful uh, and fulfilled life. Yes. Rather than rather than living in its denial that oh it's not going to happen. Oh my gosh, it is. Yeah, what they say, the only thing that's guaranteed when we're born is death and taxes. Like we, the moment we are born, we have started to walk the path to our death. We just don't know when that's going to be. Exactly. Yeah, we were talking earlier about how people are often like, oh, children shouldn't die. Young people shouldn't die. Mm -hmm. It's like, but they always have. Like back in the day, Mm -hmm. most of us died probably when we were kids and when we were young. Yeah. Yeah, the world has evolved a lot. We have a lot more strategies in place to have people live longer and people will always die at different times. And if we look, zoom out from the human condition, the, from a spiritual mm-hmm. perspective, like every soul, did you ever read the book journey of souls? No, it's a beautiful one for grief and death and loss. Um, but it, it I, talks about I'm how aware every of it. soul is coming to planet earth for a different purpose mm-hmm. and a different timeline. Yes. And we have this allude, we bought into this illusion that no, we're all supposed to be here till we're 99 and, mm-hmm. you know, and then we kick the bucket and that, and that belief alone creates so much unnecessary suffering you're, doesn't mean you're not going to feel a shit ton of pain when you experience loss, as you just said, but it's the, it's the um, denial mm-hmm. of it being actually a part of life that causes some people to never recover. When anytime we're in the story or the narrative of this is not how it should be, or mm-hmm. this shouldn't happen, we will stay stuck in our suffering. We will stay stuck in, we will stay stuck in all all the emotions that come with that experience will stay stuck. They will stay repressed rather than being expressed because we're not allowing ourselves to be present with what is. And I think any, any time we can allow ourselves to be fully present with what is and, and allow it to actually move through us rather than being stuck in us is when we can find a, a path to our own freedom and finding our own inner peace. Because if there is no external, if there is no inner peace, there is no external peace there and that's something I have learned on my path as well and the idea of being able to surrender to what is you know particularly to those things that I have zero capacity or or power to change that is where freedom lives because I'm not living in this narrative of it shouldn't be that way because it is and I think a huge part of it, and I know you're a grief coach now, and we'll talk more about that in a little bit, because obviously you're an expert at this in every sense <laughs> of the word. And I love hearing all the wisdom and, and excited to hear even more of the gifts and the nuggets. Um, I think that one of the one of the keys for you, because you, since I've known you, you are someone who invests in yourself and always is have you always have support around you. You always have mm-hmm. mentors. You go on retreats. You have spiritual teachers. You're studying. Mm-hmm. You're learning. You're growing. And so I imagine that's and you know if we look at the divine orchestration of this happened because you're meant to help other human beings walk Mm -hmm. through this path. And that's your gift. Mm -hmm. And for any of you who are walking through this right now, I've recommended you to people like you, you shouldn't be walking through this alone and you never did. And I think that's why like some people who just get swallowed by losing someone they love and never come Mm. back. And I I know lots of people like family, friends who lost, you know, their children or their husbands or, Mm. and they never came back from it. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's so tragic because like you said, there's so many gifts in, in the experience when you actually know how to walk through the grieving journey and are supported Mm -hmm. in it and alone in it. Cause imagine there's, like especially what you went through as a parent a -hmm. single mother I imagine there's nothing that feels more more where you'd feel more alone because even Mm -hmm. if even 
support around you isn't walking yeah. through it with you. No, Nobody's it, it was through it. I, I would say that it's one of the most um what felt like one of the most isolating and lonely paths to walk because there isn't depending on what you who you're surrounded by is how the relatability to the people that are around you and who can you have conversations with that can truly get what, what you're going through. And I actually went to one psychologist appointment after my husband died and it just was not for me. <laughs> oh. And, you know, and, and that is not that people can find support in all different ways. For me, I wasn't able to, what I saw was out there and what was on offer just wasn't aligned for me. And, and so from, I really did, I, I found support in other spaces and actually, you know, you were one of the people that I could connect with and, and speak with as well that I could have different conversations with because I didn't, I didn't know the path forward, but I knew two things. I, um, and again, I would offer, you can never underestimate the power of decision because I made two decisions very early on and, and, they were that whatever I did moving forward, I would honour Luke and I would honour our family and what we went through to get to where we were at that point. And that I would be an example for our girls of what is possible and that life is not about what happens to you. It's about what do you do with it and, and, and what do you do next? And so they were really my guiding lights with with mm. how I move forward. And it is I would say from my own experience and my clients and the people I speak to, it can be really difficult to find the right yes. support. Right. Because again, because of what is on offer with our culture is, is so often it wants to keep us stuck in our grief rather than move forward from it. And, mm -hmm. and when I was able to shift, see where I was creating my own suffering, what that did was then open me up to look at, my experience and look at my own perspectives and how that was creating my experience and how I could then hold multiple perspectives and how I could look at this differently and that allowed me to actually then see the wisdom that's in this experience what is this here to teach me this has been put on my path for a reason and even though I, I do grief transformation coaching now initially I was like no I am not going anywhere near that space it took me a little while to land on that and the more I've the more I've transitioned through my own process and my own journey I've shifted even in the way that I offer my own coaching and I, I think one of the greatest gifts we can give ourselves to our own journey is that of acceptance and being a and as we've spoken about before is can we accept life as it is? And that acceptance doesn't mean that we that we think it's okay or it's ideal or that we like how it is because there is so much, there are so many meanings attached to grief that are not supportive in the way that, oh, if I accept things as they are, it means that I, I, I think it's okay. It means I don't love my husband anymore. If I move forward and I'm happy and I'm I'm fulfilled and I'm I creating a life that I love I didn't I don't love my husband anymore I've 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 forgotten what happened or it, there are so many attachments that also keep people stuck in their grief and I acceptance is one of the greatest lessons for me and one of the the when I could be with what is without having any attachments or having meanings that didn't serve me in a, in a positive way to move forward, it allowed me to move forward with an open heart rather than a, a one that was sort of closed off and contracted. Yeah, that's such a big piece. Oh my gosh, it's so important. It, I, I'm even thinking of people going through traumatic breakups where someone has an mm -hmm. affair or someone leaves suddenly mm -hmm. or... And like the, the, the ending, the abrupt ending or losing mm -hmm. anyone, it's like the initial thing. Like we talk a lot on the podcast about survival patterns and how mm -hmm. we're constantly like those survival patterns from childhood are constantly trying to keep us safe, quote unquote, but mm -hmm. actually like how agonizing is it to, to walk through life with a closed heart? Like that is the most pain mm -hmm. you're, you're closing yourself off from you 
from yes. your ability to actually experience life and the beauty and 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 there's even beauty in the grief and the beauty in the moment like when you said that part of the story where you found out there was cancer and that moment where you're like holy shit i've been taking everything for granted and how we even with breakups people discount it's like oh that's my ex oh we're broken up okay now on to mm-hmm. the next and it's like we're constantly mm-hmm. discounting our lives instead of mm-hmm. really embracing what is right here right now we're either discounting the past or fantasizing about the future and we're missing right here and right now and i just feel like that acceptance there's just such a gift in that word i even think it's more powerful than forgiveness cuz forgiveness is like attached to something <laughs> versus like yes. acceptance is just like it is what it is and there's mm-hmm. nothing i can do to change it um mm-hmm. and from that place now i can actually feel it walk through it learn mm-hmm. from it grow from it which is exactly what you've done. And it feels like you, you've become the coach that you needed. Like you've become the teacher, you know, Mm. in this and probably you should have a podcast. I don't know if you've thought about it, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah. And just like hearing other people's stories Mm -hmm. because you, you there at that time that is so uh, where you feel more alone than ever before. Now, a single parent, I remember you saying, I didn't sign Mm. up for this. I never wanted to be a single parent. Here I am with two. And you weren't just a single parent. You were like with two teenage girls. Like that is no Mm -hmm. small feat. I was a, I remember myself as a teenager and I, (laughs) you know, I'm on the easy scale, but with my mother, I was not. And like a teenager without the backbone, without the support, while you just, your whole entire world Mm -hmm. as you know it crumble before you, like that that time you need the the person who can be able to hold you in the way you need to be held. And if someone hasn't walked through that before, how could they possibly really know? And so you sitting in the position you are now and, and, you know, you couldn't rush it. And, and for those of you, I mean, I guess no one knows your story, but Yvette was a coach before you were already mm-hmm. in coaching. When I met you, mm-hmm. you were working on your coaching business um, but you just became more specific in this mm-hmm. arena because you've walked through it and you know, yeah, the thing that's needed at this time, this bring, bring me to my knees life experience that either sucks us down the undertow or mm-hmm. catapults us. Yeah. And just, just to go back to what you were saying before, cause I think it's really important to, to speak to the fact that in, in our culture, grief is so often attached to death, but it's really so important to understand that the grief can arise from any kind of loss or change or any perceived loss or change we have in our life. And so relationship breakups, I think, are, are so often overlooked when it comes to uh, experiencing you know, deep grief because, again, it, it is that the, the grief of, of losing what was, but also of that future that you also, you know, had planned. And and in terms of the parenting, uh, aside from Luke dying, I would say the parenting aspect for me was the most difficult thing that, that I have been through. That was incredibly tough. But at the same time, I don't think anything has held up mirrors for myself mm-hmm. as as what that solo parenting uh did and it's a I learned some really when we talk about our own conditioning and programming and and the spaces that we're living from I had many of those attached to parenting and they they really came to the forefront through that journey and so I was really able to hold the mirror up and see what I was projecting um in in those moments and how I was actually being part of I would say the the problem rather than the solution so often and so again the, the wisdom of that experience allowed me to then also become uh, I I would say am I my girls would agree 
because they like to give me a running uh, narrative on my parenting. But uh, <laughs> but, but I, I'm a better mum now because of, of going through that experience. But it was incredibly, incredibly difficult to navigate. Yes. To navigate yeah, it wasn't a magic pill. It didn't happen overnight. You <gasps> walked through the fire. I remember yes. that. And, and, you know, so many challenges um, navigating that. But it's so beautiful to see your relationship and hear about, like we caught up a couple of weeks ago, hear about mm-hmm. your relationship with your girls now and mm. and and uh, yeah I'd love to hear so you've told us the story about you and Luke and the loss and walking through the valley of the shadow of death <laughs> or when <laughs> you were walking through that dark time in your life so what what is your life like now what are you experiencing now that you didn't expect and what has come from the the alchemy of walking through this experience and actually facing it as opposed to avoiding it mm. or numbing it or. Yeah. Well, it, it, well I'll start with, with our girls and uh, with, uh, and the relationship that we have now having, having walked through that path together and all of the challenges and, and really that shared humanity that we had through that. Like we are, we are like, we are so close. We're like mm-hmm. the, the three, the three amigos <laughs> and, and they are like my fierce protectors. Uh, they, and they're doing, they're doing really well. And so it's, it's so, I, I have, I have the deepest, deepest sense of gratitude knowing what we have walked through and to be able to see them now on the other side of that. And, and even that they've had their own journey and their own process through that. And I also know that if I didn't do my work through that, if I didn't walk through the fire, I didn't sit in the fire because sometimes I sat there for a while and let it burn me a little bit before I got the lessons. Uh, If I didn't do my own work and show up in the ways that I did, I don't think that we would be where we are now, you know, as well. So yes. it's so important to do to do our own work through that process, particularly when we are when our kids are watching us. Now, when our kids are watching us, um, and one of and the most so, beautiful things yeah. is you honored their journeys. I remember that too. That you mm. like, even though that it was really hard and you were being tested in so many ways, you mm. were looking in the mirror looking at all mm-hmm. the ways that you could show up more fully mm-hmm. that they were reflecting your stuff and you were mm-hmm. honoring their processes so lovingly and so powerfully. Um, I was also just thinking, has anyone said you three look like the Charlie's angels? Cause you're, you're, you, <laughs> no. you look like they're your sisters. Yvette is yeah. so young, so vibrant <laughs> and you're such a model of what you embody and teach. Um, but redhead, blonde, and a brunette. You, mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they actually do not look like my children. <laughs> no, you look like like sexy babe sisters. <laughs> uh, that's that's very kind, very generous. I'm actually about to turn fifty, so that's very Ooh. kind. <laughs> um, and through that, from where we uh, you know started with the conversation early on, my my whole philosophy around I, I was never going to be in another relationship again. I it, it took. It was probably about three years before I, before I was ready for that. But I I am in another really beautiful relationship, and it also has been a journey, and it continues to be a journey because it is a very different, it's a very different container, very different relationship, and it reflects back to me other stuff that I need to work on with myself and. Again, that conditioning and, and things that and even things that I took on from Luke's death and, and and how that looks. And so it's been a really it's been a really uh a never ending journey. Like as we know, the, the, the growth never ends, but it 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 never ends. <laughs> yes. But, and but, how amazing. But, mm, but it's beautiful. open to mm. love again. That's so powerful. And that's what the episode is loving again after loss. And yeah. it's not love is so much bigger than a romantic relationships. Like you opened your heart is really what loving again, living and loving again after yeah. loss is really. Yeah. You- I, I, I would, I would say that. I would say what I've learned is that to really love fully, you are also opening yourself up to grief because yes. 
because grief itself is just a reflection of love. I mean, they yeah. they are they are the same. They're just mirroring each other. Yeah. And so, so for me, I also, I also understand it takes a, a great deal of courage to open one's heart up again to love, knowing full well that you're also opening yourself up to potentially the same thing happening again. Yes. Yes, this is so poignant. This is, because even if it's like break up, you know, going in different directions, someone changes, someone it, it's like being able to actually fully love, you have to be willing to lose. You mm -hmm. have to be mm -hmm. willing for it all to fall away and you you'll never fully love to the fullest capacity without the willingness to to surrender to when it falls away. It falls yeah. away. That's part of my journey. Like what you're experiencing yeah. with Tim, mm -hmm. your new partner, and what you experienced in your 24 beautiful relationship with Luke are two, I'm imagining you can share more on this, two different parts of you. Like mm -hmm. you you two different men from very different and 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 at points in your life where you're very different. You and Luke grew up together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you had to fully meet yourself in the loss mm -hmm. of his life. And now yeah. you're in a new relationship as a new woman. So mm -hmm. what's that like? Yeah, it, it's to, to come to this relationship with so much more awareness of, I, I would say life, but also our, um, the knowing of myself. And I have had so many, I've met so many, the iterations of myself in the last you know it was uh 2017 that Luke passed away so in the last six years I have met so many iterations of myself and transformed in in many ways because of that experience and and so the person that I now am with in terms of my own self is very different in in this relationship and so it's 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 navigating something very new and also witnessing myself in that uh, in a very different way, but also this level of awareness of understanding all of the layers of myself and also my own triggers now and, and seeing just the level of personal, because for me, my own level of or, or all of our level of personal, like radical personal responsibility for ourselves is one of the sexiest things and mm -hmm. also seeing it in, in, in another person. But I, I bring that like 24-7 now. Yes. And, wow. and and that is really powerful because any time that we, anytime we look to blame or look out there in the external world for any kind of blame of our circumstances or um, in terms of our relation to our circumstances, how we feel and our, our thoughts and our, our actions, like we are giving our power away. Yes. And so we need bringing it back to self and being able to self-source our power and to know that I am responsible for myself 100%. And I'm not bringing a half of myself to the table and he's not bringing a half of himself. We are both bringing our whole selves um, as separate entities. And the third entity is what we then create together. And being able to now be in a relationship with that understanding is very different than what I came to it Um you know, with Luke when I was much younger. Yes. Beautiful. And that's like, that literally is the purpose of this podcast. Like the old paradigm of love, which is you mm -hmm. complete me, you make me whole. Mm -hmm. I need you. I want you. I, I need this from you. I need that from you versus the new paradigm, the level of love that I'm experiencing too in my life now from the place mm -hmm. of sovereignty and wholeness. And, and I've attracted a man who's that too. Mm -hmm. Like it is. Yeah. So much richer and not to compare your relationship with Luke. They both serve very mm -hmm. different purposes, mm -hmm. but the depth of yourself and you're way more open to meeting these depths mm -hmm. of yourself because of the path that you've walked through. Yeah. And the other thing I would speak to as well is actually learning that, that love is never out there. No, like the, the love is in us and it was always in us. And so in that essence, we can never lose love because yes. it, it's, 
the, the concept of love or loving another person isn't in them. It's always generated yes. from us. Yes. Yeah. The power was inside you all along from the Wizard of Oz. Mm. That's that's exactly it. And it's like the fantasy stories that we talk about mm. every friggin' week on the New Truth Podcast are what keep us separate from love because we're mm. always in the illusion of it, trying to get something, trying to get mm-hmm. a result and it, uh, disempowering ourselves over and over and over again. How freaking poignant. I really hope every woman listens to this episode, whether she's lost or not, because <laughs> it is so that's exactly it. And that you had to walk mm-hmm. through that to realize, mm-hmm. oh, even though Luke is no longer here in human form, the mm-hmm. love that I feel for him and the love that I had with him is still inside of me. And now I get yes. to have even more love and even more love with the girls, with Tim, with your work, with your life and mm-hmm. share that love and the ripple effect of that love. It's who we are. Uh, it, yeah. And, and if, if I stayed in the narrative of my, my love ha- has gone because he's not here anymore. I then have no capacity to love again because I think the love has gone with him. Exactly. Oh, how poignant and beautiful. Oh my gosh. And okay. So the last question I'll ask about the story, because I'm Mm -hmm. sure that women who have children um, Mm. would be curious about how that transition was of you opening to another man again and how it is now. (laughs) <laughs> Can you hear all the noises? Well, it, it was, uh, there is the, I guess the the word I often use to describe that it, it was brutal. It was brutal for a period of time, and, and of course it it was going to be at some point. And there, I think, any time you have another person coming into a a, a family dynamic where a parent is not there anymore. I, I think it's only natural that there's going to be some kind of, uh, of ickiness and stickiness and um, and some tension there. And, and there certainly was uh, for a period of time. And and I, at that point, I had done so much work for myself and and on myself that I was I was fully able to hold my experience and I was fully able to hold their experience in what it looked like and without it then impacting me and 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 having me choose a different path because of the disruption that it, that it created and so so I I was able to honor my own choices and my own self and honor the girls and their journey as well and and to the point now where, and it has been for some period of time, where they just, they love him. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they, it is so, I, I, I can't even, uh, the joy that I have had when we're all together, but the joy I have even seeing the three of them together, oh, it is just it is just really beautiful. And, and again, I'm so deeply grateful that, and I feel so incredibly blessed that, I, that I'm able to experience that now. And, and also I want to honor, honor Tim because he, he has never, he's always, he's so grounded mm-hmm. and he's so present with what is. And, and he was, he was aware and it's been a part of uh, you know the challenges that have come with, with some of our journey when he came into into the into the picture and he has just been so unassuming through the whole thing and he just he just allows the girls to be as they are and uh, he is never at any point and he never would assume to take on any kind of parental role or he's more like a mate he's more like a a friend for them to hang out with and you know, and he really does. He's very playful in his nature. So, you know, they they have a great time probably ganging up on me more than anything else. Like it's it's really fun and playful. And so I feel incredibly grateful for that. And, and so I think it's really important too when when there is that um, bringing together of those different energies and dynamics that there is a there is a very conscious conversation that needs to be had about how those dynamics will work and and what that will look like 
because it's challenging on everybody for everybody like yes yes yeah and of course it is and I feel like the 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 thread here is that you kept your heart open no matter how much your heart Mm -hmm. was hurting you Mm -hmm. kept your heart open and you opened to love again in many facets and you modeled that for your daughters so even though their Mm -hmm. hearts had a hard time with this new man. And the, of course, the, the, the fear of what that means is dad being mm-hmm. replaced. Do we have to forget mm-hmm. him? Do we have to let him go? Like it's yeah. going to be so natural for them to have a reaction to that. And for you to be able to welcome it all. Like this is such a beautiful illustration of welcoming it all within ourselves, the feelings, letting everything be there. And Mm -hmm. not trying to control it. You didn't Mm -hmm. try and control it with fantasy. You didn't jump into a relationship to escape your pain. Mm -hmm. You walked through your grief with reverence, with love, with, with, you know, perseverance, with tenacity. And you, you went through the fire and then you did it with them around this. And that's why. Like it's Mm -hmm. the level of consciousness that you, and intention that you bring to every part of your journey. That is why. Mm-hmm. You're experiencing yeah. what you're experiencing. So I think there's many, 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 many gems and layers to this conversation and why it's so important for us to have a support system, for mm-hmm. us to have have the right people around us, for us to honor ourselves and our feelings and learn how to do that, for us to learn how to live consciously and with intention because we're not set up for success. No one taught us like you getting into a relationship with Luke and you know, him being the other half of you. Cause you didn't know anything mm-hmm. else. Like that's mm-hmm. all people know. And unless you learn about yourself and go to like earth school and learn how to mm-hmm. understand your, your heart and your body and your feelings and how to grow and evolve. And that's why everyone's listening to this podcast to begin with. If you don't commit to that, these things will take you out because your mind, Mm. your ego saboteur mind will be in fantasy of what life should be and will try and control and will panic and try and avoid and try and numb and try and distract. There are so many other ways this could have looked, but because of the woman you are and the commitment to your growth and your evolution, that's why you are experiencing what you're experiencing. This isn't a fluke. This isn't some, (laughs) you know, some like fantasy story of how things can work out after it's like you walk through everything you walk through with intention. And I encourage, you know, any woman who's going through loss in a big way right now to reach out to you because this is, you are, this is your genius really. I'll say whether it's, you know, a breakup or a death or whatever, like I feel emotional just hearing you, watching you, witnessing you being a part of your story before, during, and after, like, I feel honored that I've been on that journey with you. And I, and I just think that any woman going through this journey right now, it is scary. It's lonely. It's dark. And there's so much available. And I know that you have many resources and yeah. So how, if a woman does want to work with you, how, how, yeah, at the moment it's one-on-one coaching and and I the way I like to work uh with my clients is really a reflection of what our conversation has been today. It is how are we experiencing our own circumstances, our own grief, whatever that looks like, uh, because how we present that is going to determine what our life will look like and what our experience because so often we are we are wanting a change in circumstances to change how we feel without understanding it's actually a change in our perspective that's going to change how we feel and so my work is really about firstly that that grief journey and then when we're ready how do I create this next chapter of my life how do I take the wisdom that is inherent in that experience to now be able to evolve and grow in a way that allows me to create a next chapter in my life where I am more fulfilled, I have more joy, I'm um, more at peace and I have more freedom in my own mind because I'm not attached to what whatever meanings I have with, with this particular thing that's happened you know, in my life. And so uh, that is how I'm working with people at the moment, one-on-one uh, coaching. So you can reach out either via you with the podcast and find me on socials. Um, but, yeah. 
Beautiful. So we'll link your social below. You said your website's under construction. So I'll just say that right mm -hmm. now, you won't be able to find her mm -hmm. website um, and that you are going to do group work because I can see the power yes. of been working with mm -hmm. you privately and having a community and how that's going to be yes. such a game changer. I actually have a few yeah. clients that are doing death doula. I didn't even know death doula. Oh, was yes. I have a few yeah. clients that are doing death doula trainings right now, which is so wild. I'm like, gosh, maybe I should, because I'm so afraid of losing <laughs> people and just like to, to accept it more. But um, what a gift. I mean, the planet needs 10 million of you. So yeah, let's create like, <laughs> group programs and big, I, I, I can see this becoming a really big thing because we are so misled. We are so misguided. We are mm -hmm. so blind to these things, even to breakups, right? Like no, yeah. we're not set up for sick divorce loss. Like all of these things happen. They will happen. And yes. And yet nobody teaches us how we te we're taught to like, just numb our feelings, suck it up, move on, push through, mm -hmm. like, um, mm -hmm. you know, distract, avoid. And of course, when our friends go through it, we're like, oh, everything's going to be okay. Look, it's all meant to be. Everything's divine. Like, and, and everyone's just disassociated from this thing that actually is the gateway to the heart. Like it's the gateway. Yeah. Like one of you said so many things. I wish I wrote them down, although we can listen back and write them down. But so <laughs> many things where I was like, that needs to be on like a bumper sticker or a quote or a <laughs> meme or something. Um, but that like, the the like when our heart is broken it actually opens our heart that's mm -hmm. what the term breaking the heart like my heart feels broken it's actually a beautiful thing because then it's cracked open and now you can feel all the love that's inside like you said when you lost luke you got mm -hmm. to feel the depth of love that you felt for him and yes. for every yes. experience that you had and, and what for me like the, the cracks is where the light is able to come through. Yes. It, 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 it really is. And and th there are so many, like, again, if we're open to it, oh, there is just so much to learn and yes. so much to lean. If we can lean into the discomfort, if, if we can – if we can allow everything a seat at the table, all of our emotions, all of the hard ones, I mean, like that, because as you said, we live in a culture that that doesn't encourage us to do that. But when we can, when we can allow everything a seat at the table and be present with what is, it is the gateway to freedom. It is a gateway to inner peace and joy that we have never experienced before. Yeah, beautiful. What a gift you are. Any final words? for the women listening today? I would offer that whatever anybody is going through, nobody has to do it alone and nobody's ever intended to do it alone. Yeah. There is so much there is so much support, but at the same time, we also need to find support that feels aligned and true for us that will allow us to be able to navigate our journey in a way that moves us forward rather than keeps us stuck where we are. Yeah. And, and that is possible for all of us because when we can awaken to, to new possibilities and ways of being that we may not even know are available to us, it impacts us in a way that our life will never be the same again. Yes, exactly. Love that. And the support a lot in the community and support mm -hmm. system allows mm -hmm. you to take this you know crazy, painful experience and turn it into a transformation um, yeah, a, a massive catalyst for transformation in your life, like you did, and what a gift you've given yourself, Tim, your girls, everyone that's touched by you, everyone that's listening to this podcast. All the like, if you were moved by this today's episode, reach out to Yvette, let her know, reach out to us, let us know, share it with all your friends who are going through grief, who are going through loss. This, there are so many gems in this episode, like, wow. Wow, wow, wow. We should cut it all up and put it everywhere out there, yes. the little clips of the video. But thank you so much for sharing your heart, sharing your story, sharing so openly. And I'm just freaking honored that you were here today and I love you. Uh I, can I just can I just finish actually on on just sharing my deep gratitude with you because you were one of the people, or one of the only people, actually, very few people that just walked that path with me and, and even coming to the immersion that I did in Mykonos was really that first 
big step of even understanding myself so deeply that really set me on the trajectory to to diving into that in such a big way that has I don't my I don't know that my life would be where it was if you and I hadn't met and that's why I know that we all cross paths for a reason <laughs> and I could not have imagined walking the path without having you on there so thank you my dear dear friend I love you deeply oh, I have goosebumps all over I did that I just want to highlight that like wow you never know why someone's in your life I've just had this memory of you sleeping at my apartment a long time ago yes right on the couch I did many years like that I don't know 10 years nine years ago or something but I I oh who knew oh who knew who knew where that path is going to take us you never know where life is going you never know who's going to stick and the the souls that you're we call in the my reclamation community we call it the reclamation soulmate collective the the Facebook community because everyone's just like experiencing support beyond what they've ever experienced before with each other mm, and yeah. the importance of that sisterhood. And mm-hmm. I love the soulmate collective because we've been fed this fantasy story that you only have one soulmate and it's a man yes. or, you know, yes. a woman if you're a lesbian, but it's like one person <laughs> versus what yeah. we actually do when we live from the truth of who we are and from our souls is we collect soulmates all over the world, oh. all the time that serve yes. different purposes in our life. So yes. I love that and I I just love that I've been on the journey and that we're still so connected and you're always in my heart yeah. so love yeah. you deeply love you. love you back hi it's Kate thanks so much for listening to the new truth podcast for more of Catherine and I come hang out with us in the new truth movement Facebook group we are in there that's where we're sharing all about our programs and our free workshops that we do Um, you can come join us there and ask as many questions as you want about the podcast episodes about dating relationships any struggles you're having out there we would love to support you so come hang out with us in the new truth movement Facebook group and we will see you soon